Hello, this is Tommy Davis, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And we are about to get some amazing stories on Clubhouse Conversation the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. It's Davo, and today Tommy Davis joins us on Clubhouse Conversation. He played 18 years at the major league level, only about, well, three weeks with the Royals at the end of his career in 1976. But Tommy Davis, a fascinating guy who won two World Series while with the Dodgers in 63 and 65. A guy that won two batting titles, ousting Frank Robinson one year, Roberto Clemente the other. Finished his career with well over 2,000 hits. Tommy Davis nearly won an MVP a couple of years. Got some votes for the Baseball Hall of Fame at one time. So very excited to talk with him about you know his relationship with Jackie Robinson and coming up through the minor leagues with the Dodgers back in a very interesting time in baseball history and dealing with some unfortunate, you know, things in regards to being an African-American man that he had to see in the minor leagues. We'll talk about that and his major league debut and all the good old stuff, including, of course, an emphasis on his times in Kansas City. As Tommy Davis, the good old slugger, joins us on Clubhouse Conversation. First of all, thank you. And, you know, how are you doing? Everything's going well. You know, I, I uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good when you wake up in the morning, but, uh, it's better knowing that uh, your wife had a successful operation and things going to get better. Yeah, how's she doing? Everything's good with her? Everything's good, yes. Good, good. Well, that's the most important thing is obviously health. Um, you know, what's keeping you busy these days in 2015? Well, uh, staying with her. Um, not as busy as I was with, with the Dodgers. They've changed their way of thinking, and uh, they're doing some new things. And uh, and I'm into the business. Of, I'm I'm, in, uh, I'm, a, I'm a salesperson, and I do a lot of T-shirts and caps and and, and wearables and, uh, and and also giveaways. I'm starting to do that more often now. Oh, that's cool. And you also had a book a few years ago, didn't you? Right, and and it's probably would have been uh, kept going, but the publication went out of business. Oh, and that that didn't help at all. Yeah, that's. But, uh, but I'd like to probably get it going again with maybe another publication. See, see what happens. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. And then, uh, so I mean, you were obviously only in Kansas City briefly, but I know you love the way you know the Royals play the game, obviously, and you love baseball being played the right way. Did you uh, enjoy watching them last year in the World Series? Yes, they 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 were very surprising. They they work well together. They play well together. They took advantage of all the abilities. The fact that they have speed. You know, and and good pitching, which is, is the key to most uh, uh, baseball teams: speed and good pitching. And if you can score a run in the first inning or first two innings, it makes the pitcher a little bit more comfortable. His his fastball or his breaking pitch will probably break a little better, knowing that he's got a one or two nothing lead. Yeah, we just unfortunately ran into Madison Bumgarner, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, it was one of those things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so let's go way back in the day with you then. So you went to boys high school then in Brooklyn, and you played. Yes, uh, you were track and field, baseball, basketball. Now, one of your basketball teammates was obviously Hall of Famer Lenny Wilkins. Were you and Lenny pretty tight growing up? We're still tight. Yeah. Yes, and Lenny uh, also was in the Hall of Fame as a coach and a player. Did you know that? No, I, I knew about the coaching. I don't know about the player. Wow. Yeah, as as a player also, and I think he's in the Hall of Fame for the Olympics. But we also had another Hall of Famer come from our high school that's in the NBA Hall of Fame. Who's that? Now, would you, you have to guess now. Okay. I'm putting you on, the, I'm putting you on a tough situation. Uh-oh. Uh... I'll, give you about, I'll give you about 15 seconds. You, give me one hint. It's not Lou. Well, Al, it's not Lou Alcindor, is it? He didn't go to my high school, but there, there was a hawk flying in the sky. Flying in the. Oh man! See, I'm more of a baseball historian. I'm trying to. Who Who is it? I give up. Tony Hawkins. Oh. Do you remember that name? Yeah, he went to your high school too. Yes. In fact, when we were leaving, he was coming in. Wow. That's pretty we cool. We got a gentleman. By the, uh, we got a gentleman that played at least ten years in the NBA. Did make the Hall of Fame, but. He was consistent. His name was Sayugo Green. Huh. You remember that name? I, I kind of, yeah. I remember A.C. Yeah, Green, he went, too. <laughs> he, he's before us, and he went to Duquesne University, All-American. And, oh, that's uh, cool. he was, Yeah, he played at least 10 years in the, in the uh, NBA. Because Lou, Lou Alcindor was from the New York City area, too, wasn't he? Right, right, right. And yeah. He, I forget the name of the high school he went to. He went to uh, uh, Catholic High School, I think. Yeah. And uh, he was all-world. Well... Now, so you obviously were great at all sports, especially baseball. So now here's the story I've read. Tell me if I'm right or wrong in this. So 1956, you're probably going to sign with the Yankees, and then the legend himself, Jackie Robinson, calls you. Is that true? And then what's that story? All right. Um, in those days, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a draft, so they, and, and, and they had a thing, like this sort of a discouragement type of approach. But if you got anything over $4,000, to sign, you would have to go to the major leagues for two years with no with no experience. That was the deal. If you got four thousand dollars and one dollar, you would have to go to the major leagues. So, I realized. I mean, I, I didn't want to lose the two years of experience. I signed regularly, but there was about four or five guys that signed for bonuses, and they got twenty, thirty thousand, like Koufax and. Tom and Killebrew, Al Kaline, and somebody else. And, you know, and they stayed in the major leagues. But but uh, I decided not to do that. And I was approached about, uh, I was approached by five or six teams. And what the Yankees did, they said, listen, every time we're home, playing at home, you are invited out to work out with us. And that means... You come out and you shag, but when you can hit with the pitchers, then you're going to shag when the when the big boys start to hit. Well, you know, for a 17 year old, that's overbearing. You know, that's too much to to take in. So I started working out with the Yankees, knowing I want to be a Dodger, but I started working out with the Yankees. And you got uh, Mickey Mantle, Elston Howard, you got uh, Yogi and Whitey Ford. So and Moose Gallon, who I love, Moose Gallon, and and. You know, I'm saying, well, I better sign with the Yankees because they're showing me more attention. 
and I was supposed to sign with the Yankees on a Tuesday night. Now, Al Campanis, who became gentlemanly, but he was head of scouting at that time, used to came over two or three times you know, to see my parents and talk to them about me going to the Dodgers. But he found out I was going to sign with the Yankees on a Tuesday night, so he had Jackie Robinson call me that Sunday before that Tuesday. <laughs> well, once I heard it was Jackie Robinson, I forgot what he said. I think he was trying to explain to me about the advantages of signing with the Dodgers. Well, he didn't have to say anything. I signed Tuesday afternoon with the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, that's such a cool story. Did you did you get to know Jackie at all throughout his life? Yes, I've been around him. Didn't know him that, but I've been around him. Uh, he had a radio show one time, but my uncle, Uncle Buster, took me there, and then it was in the fifties. I remember that, and I think they gave out a book at the end of the show, and I don't know what the heck I did with that book, but uh, that was my first encounter with Jackie, and then he used to play a lot of golf. He used to have this golf tournament in uh, Miami, and called the North and South Golf Tournaments. He was a pretty good golfer. And then, and then the, you know, when I signed with the Dodgers, I would, I signed in '56. That was his last year, so I didn't get around him. But I was around him doing some dinner times where they have these dinners and stuff. And he would be there, and we talked a little bit. And then the, uh, when he called me, and uh, you know, I have a great story in reference to uh, Jackie because as he got older and as uh, close to, I guess before he passed away. You know, he's a great golfer. He shot in the 70s. Uh, uh, Don Newcomb and, and Jackie were together, and Jackie asked Don, could he take him out to a driving range? Because, you know, he had diabetes and he was losing his eyesight. And Don Newcomb uh, said he would, and he took him out to the, uh, to the driving range, and he had to put the ball down and then and put Jackie in a position where he hit the ball and hit hit the ball pretty good because he's a good golfer. So that kind of story kind of made me feel real bad. I almost cried, but that really happened, and I was, I was happy for him and everything. And I think soon after that, he passed. Because he had diabetes and everything, and he couldn't see very well. Man, he's probably my favorite historical player. My goal is to get a Jackie Robinson autographed baseball someday, so I'm saving up <laughs> to get one of those. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah, totally, totally. Me, me too. I like to have one too. Yeah, he... I didn't take a, I didn't take, I didn't ask for a lot of autographs. I don't know why, but I should have. Yeah, well, to, you know, I mean, so let's talk about you then. So you came up, like you said, 1956. You began playing with Hornell. You hit 325. Then the next year, you win a batting title in Kokomo, Indiana. You had 17 home runs, 104 RBIs. You hit 357. So obviously, Kokomo doesn't have a team there anymore. But what do you remember about that summer and playing in Kokomo, Indiana? Well, I. I uh, uh, there were some great people. I met people. There were different types of people there. Because in 57, I did have an incident where they wouldn't serve me at a restaurant, but the, but the people that owned it came from Kentucky. So that was just one little incident. But, you know, it, it was part of growing up. Uh, I understand what life was about. But the people were outstanding. I lived with a, with a lady called Mama Ludie Brown. Huh. And, and it was three of us. Uh, Bourbon Wheeler came from Detroit and Napoleon Savinard who was from Dominican Republic. It's weird I can remember those names. <laughs> I can't remember five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I remember she had, I remember she put a lock on the refrigerator. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Well, we, would, we would sneak in and, and, and get in that refrigerator, but 
she was a great cook. And uh, Pete Reza, who was a great, great ball player for the Dodgers in the 40s, was our manager. And I recall one night, we came in a little late. We were out together. We were on the other side of town. We didn't think that Pete would come over there. But we came in the late one night, and we stayed in one big room with three carts. And I, we walked in, and Pete was in my bed. And he walked mm-hmm. up and said, um, that'd be 50, 50, and 50. And don't wake me up. <laughs> I said, Pete. He said, what? Uh, I said, never mind. So I slept on the floor that whole night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, you you mentioned the whole not getting served. Did, did that ever happen to you much, you know, back in the early days? Did you run into that, you know, unfortunate racial type stuff in the early days? Oh, yes, quite a bit. Really? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, well, in, in, in Kokomo, and, and I played in the Dubuque. There were some problems in Dubuque, Iowa, as I recall. But the next year, I went from Class D, which was, uh, Kokomo was Class D. I went all the way to the Texas League in Double A. Well, there was a lot of incidents there. Uh, you were in Texas, and, and you can't do nothing about it. You can't beat them all. But uh, all I did was play harder. So, uh, and even if I did something good, you know, uh, they would say, that's our N-word. <laughs> it would give, that would be a compliment. That's our N-word, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and then they would get on the opposition, you know. Unbelievable, and hey, he just couldn't do nothing about it. And I learned a lot, but I, but Buddy, Buddy Bobesi said he was going to send me there, and he had a roommate with me. It was a uh, a Puerto Rican, I forgot his name, but he left after the month. I was there all by myself for the rest of the year, and half of the team was from Shreveport, and the other half was from the Dodger organization. So I heard a lot of things, and but it was, I grew up understanding what life was about, and I think it, it happened for the best. And so. Uh, I know right from wrong, and I know who didn't like black people who did. Who did. It was just the way it was. Well, that's you know, it's still ugly and unfortunate to look back on. So, so 1958. Then you're between Victoria and Montreal. 306, 59. You win another batting title at Spokane. Now 345 with 18 home runs that summer in Spokane. Any anything stick out about that year? Well, don't forget. Uh, 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 I think Lenny was there because you know he he, uh, he actually coached uh, Seattle. Remember? Yeah. I don't know what was. And they won. The, and he won a championship there. And that was in. Uh, he did that in '79, though, didn't he? Something like that. Well, anyway, I don't know if he was there when I was there in '19. It was at. Uh, when was I there? '59, uh, I believe. No, yeah, he uh, yeah, he had graduated from school. He was playing professional ball. I think he was playing professional ball. I have to look it up. But but Seattle was a gorgeous town. I had to worry about no no uh, segregation there. And in fact, they had so many different uh, types of uh, ethnic groups there in the colleges, and there was a lot of a lot of German people there. And, uh, you know, so there was a lot of interracial marriages in 59, a couple of them, yeah. And when I went back there uh, in the, uh, was it 70, 69 or 70, there was a lot of interracial couples. In fact, my wife's daughter was living in that area at the time. She's married to an Englishman. Saw me, 
you know, it's just part of life. But uh, Seattle was really nice. I wish Seattle was closer to New York. But uh, it was just really nice to enjoy myself being mentally. Well, then you get called up to the big league. So you get one at bat September 22nd of 59 with the Dodgers. Now, we mentioned the whole pinch hitting thing because obviously you played every day pretty much your whole career. But one thing about you is you're tied all time as the best pinch hitter in Major League history. You hit 320 in almost 200 at bats. What made you such a good pinch hitter? I don't know. <laughs> Just one of those things? <laughs> well, you know, you, 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 you kind of put yourself in the game early as if you've been playing and you're watching the pitcher and you watch the pitches or whoever comes in with the way they throw and and, and you know basically if you got most of your good your good starters don't give you too much of a good first pitch and that's that's a rare occasion because you, you can name those guys the rest of those guys started like to get that first pitch over. So I kind of thought, even when I was playing every, every day, same pitches, you know, I became what I call myself a Bible hitter. Thou shall not pass. You know? <laughs> so I would take get that first pitch a lot, and i get a lot of hits off that first pitch. But when I was pitch hitting, you know, I didn't try to, want to take a strike either because they only hit me one time, so you want to at least get three swings at them, you know. So, and, and, and certain guys just... He kind of knew how to like, they like to pitch, and that kind of helped, too. Well, you hit the ground running when you became an everyday player. So by 1962, you're a star. Uh, All-star, third in MVP voting, 346, 27 home runs, 153 RBIs, and then you beat Frank Robinson, who hit 342 uh, for the batting title. So, you know, how special was it for you beating Frank, and did you get to know him pretty well throughout the years? Yeah, I know Frank. He's a good guy. Uh, he was determined, though. He's a determined guy. And uh, and he can be he 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 won't smile sometimes when you talk to him. <laughs> but but uh, my thing was in that year uh, we wanted to win the you know getting in the, in the in the World Series and and I just you know I'm surrounded by the best group of guys you could ever have for my situation because you got Maury stealing all those bases. I think the most important guy on the team was Jim Gilliam. When Maury started stealing these bases, Jim Gilliam changed the stance. All right? Jim, Jim, you know, used to be even with the plate. What he did was got way back in the box as far as he could. Maybe sometimes his left foot, with his left hand, his left foot might be out of the batter's box, way in the back. Well, what does that do with the catcher? The catcher has to move back two or three spaces or feet, right? Mm-hmm. What does that do to the throw to second baseman? Longer. It's longer, isn't it? The throw is longer. That's Jim Gilling was thinking all the time. He should be in the Hall of Fame just on the fact that he knows how to play the game and he did it properly. Nobody will ever understand this or mention it, but Jim Gilling was my MVP behind, was behind Maury. Now I got Gilling with the fly. I got Willie Davis in front of me. I could hit singles and knock in two runs sometimes from first base because Willie was that fast. And then I have big Frank Howard hitting behind me. They didn't want to face him with men on base because he's 670, weighs about 270. And they thinking about it. If they hit that ball through the middle or through the, through the, pitch, through the pitcher's mound, 
you know, he might not, the pitcher might not ever see his family ever again. Yeah, know? yeah. So you got to think about all these guys that are surrounding me. So I got a lot of good pitchers to, to hit at, you know, and that helped quite a bit too that year. So, you know, it was just one of those things that was fortunate and I did make contact and I was thinking about, my thing was, you know, less strike a, you know, I got up 665 times that year. I only struck out 65 times. <laughs> so, if you make contact that much, you know, you're hitting the ball 90% of the time. So you got to get a chance to get a hit. Yeah, found lots of holes that year. Well, so 1963 is even more special for you because you continued your individual success, but obviously the World Series championship. So the championship first. You guys sweep the Yankees in the World Series. You're hitting cleanup. You hit 400 in that fall classic. So the 63 World Series, what do you remember most about that, and how special is that for you to think back to today? Well, you know what's special because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, and we're playing the Yankees, and, and, and I'm representing the Dodgers. And, and, you know, I'm, it's something special. Not too many people can say they've done that that quick. And I had led the league in hitting. So I was very comfortable and relaxed. And, uh, and to beat them four in a row was amazing. Kopak was amazing. Drysdale had a great uh, uh, game. And, 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 and Johnny Padres was a great pitcher. And he, was, he had a great game. So everything just clicked. And, and it, all we needed was one or two runs each game, and uh, we had a ball. And, and nobody can ever put that together again, I don't think. That was a special, special year. And then, obviously, you um, you know outlasted Roberto Clemente that year by six points at 326 to win another batting title. So, Clemente, did you get to know him at all? And then how special was that one for you? I met him, you know, I met him in Puerto Rico, and, 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 you know, he's very quiet. doesn't talk much. And, uh, you know, we talk about... Somebody, I think somebody told him he didn't have to, all he needed was one hit, something like to that fact. It was not the truth. And with Frank Robinson, they didn't tell me that. Those playoff games, those three games he played, counted for my batting. It counted on my on, on, the, on the year's batting average. Huh. If they had told me that, I'd have froze. <laughs> I'd end up hitting 330-something. But I, I didn't think it counted, and that's why I was end up, you know, getting enough hits to, just to beat him by four points or something like that. Well, you spent three more years in L.A., 64 to 66. You guys got back to two more World Series. You were obviously injured, unfortunately, in 65. You guys came up short in 66. Then they trade you to the Mets then. So, I mean, think back to that moment. Were you kind of shocked, and what were your emotions like being traded away? Well, I was a little disturbed because I had broken, broken an ankle in 65. And I thought maybe in a doctor said, give him a couple of years to be, you know, recoup. And I thought maybe that I could stay around until maybe 68 and then come back. But they traded me right after the 66 season. Yep. And I was a little disturbed. Then. But what, what can you do? I'm going home. I'm going back to Brooklyn in a, in a way. And I was kind of happy in that respect. And they let me play. West Restaurant was my manager. And, and, uh, you know, I wasn't running that well because of my ankle, but I played quite a bit of games. And uh, I'll tell you a little story about how I hit what I did. I'm hitting around 300, you know, not doing that bad. And it's a last-place club. You know, got a lot of future guys on there. Cleon Jones was my roommate. He was outstanding. You got Crane Pool. You got Harrison that short. Swoboda, right. 
You got Ed Charles at third, and then you got these newcomers, new pitchers that they had. Uh, who were they? One was Tom Sievers and, and Kuzman. <laughs> and and these guys could pitch. They were outstanding. And uh, but last three games of the season were playing the Dodgers. And I'm I'm like three hundred in the first game, I'm like over three. So I'm three ninety seven, three ninety eight. No, I'm around three hundred. Now the second game, Drysdale's pitching. And I'm 0 for two. And the third time I bat and the count is 0 and two. So I get out the box and say, Johnny, talking about Johnny Roseburn. I'm explaining to him that, Johnny, I'd like to hit 300, Johnny. I'm 0 for 2, and the count's 0 and 2. He said, oh, I didn't know that. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not supposed to be telling the story now. (laughs) But uh, uh, I said, well, give me something I can handle, you know. And I did help Drysdale win a couple of games. So normally you get 0 and 2 with Drysdale, the pitch is real close to your chin. On the next pitch, but he gave me something I could hit. I hit a double, got to second base, and said timeout. I ended up hitting 302. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell nobody this story now. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that. Well, I mean, like you said, 302, you had 16 home runs, 73 RBIs. And so, you know, when I look back, it's it's hard to believe you keep getting traded, but you get traded again to the White Sox. So, what were your thoughts on going yeah, to Chicago? I, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know what I just yeah, got a lot of suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I went to the White Sox, and it was a tough year. Cause it was a tough year. Eddie Fink is a tough manager. Good manager, but he was tough. He was tough on the person. You know, he, he didn't feel comfortable too often around him. But uh, I t- me and the third baseman, what's his name? Oh, God. Oh, God. You got a, you got a roster there? Well, we, we, we let the team hitting hitting 268. But we had some great pitching. We almost made the playoffs. I think we were, what, one, two, or three games out of the playoffs. Yeah. Gary Peters, Tommy John, Joe Holland, Wilbur Wood. These are our first starters. And we got Coit Wilhelm in the bullpen with Don McMahon. We won the three out. With, this, with the bad hitting, we almost won the uh, you know, division. Yeah, so, you – that- was known as the year of the pitcher that year, and you're you're yeah, like you said, the 268 was actually pretty good that year, you know. And uh, so then you go to the Seattle Pilots briefly. They trade you to the Astros, and then you spend most of '70 there with the Astros before you finish with Oakland and the Cubs that summer. So I mean, by now, by 1970, you've gone to Houston and Seattle and all these places. Oh. Are you starting to get sick and tired of moving teams so much? Uh, boy, it was tough. Well, hey, I'm still playing, and uh, yeah, I did my best. All I could do was do my best, and, and uh, we, uh, when I was in Oakland, uh, I think it was seventy or seventy-one. Yep, seventy-one, three twenty-four. We, 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 well, we played uh, Baltimore, and and we lose to Baltimore in the playoffs in seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Then I go to Baltimore, and we lose twice to who? Oakland. <laughs> Gosh. So that's the way that's the way life is. So it was interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. You mentioned so three twenty four with Oakland hit, hit the crap out of the ball again there seventy two to seventy five with Baltimore. You, did you like playing in Baltimore though? Your years there? Yeah, uh, good guys, great ball club uh, with uh, Mr. Brooks Robinson and, and Belanger and and and, and uh, uh, second baseman of of uh, he made six or seven errors his rookie year. Uh, Played with uh, Angels, the second baseman. Uh, come on, help me out. I'm trying to think here who that was. Bobby, was it, was it Bobby? Uh, Bobby Knopp? No, no, no. He played with the Angels. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Second baseman. Second baseman. Look at it. Look at the uh, roster real quick. Let me look at it for you, Baltimore. I look at the uh, Baltimore roster. I said the one too. He, was, he played with the rookie there. Uh, Let's see. Oh, God, his face. Uh, second bit. Was it Davey Johnson? No. He's old. He's a little younger. Uh, let's see. Bobby Gritch, Chico Sam. There you go. There you go. Bobby yeah. Gritch. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was with the Baltimore Club. And, uh, I mean, uh, with the. Uh, yeah, he was with Baltimore and only had to, had to, uh, seven out errors, I think, his rookie year. Yeah, he was, yeah. And then you had Big Boo. And then you had one of the best center fielders in the world. That was uh, Paul Blair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it was a good club. Good pitching. He had uh, uh, McNally and, and, uh, and uh, come on, help me out. Palmer and Dobson? Palmer, Dobson. You know, people can't name. Grant Jackson? Four, they can't name those four pitchers uh, that won 20 games that one year. And you named the, the hardest one. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember something. It's just not the obvious. <laughs> who, was, who was the fourth one then? Oh God! Now I'm gonna sound dumb. Uh, 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 was it, who was it? I don't know. Quaya. Jeez. Quaya. Mike, right? Is it Mike? Quaya. Quaya. Okay. The Latin. The Latin. Oh, I'm thinking. Of, oh, okay. I was thinking of uh, the other guy. No, Mike Quiler, no, no. whatever the heck his name was. Or no, no, yeah, he was the fourth one. Oh, he okay. Was, yeah, great pitcher, great pitcher. Man. And, and that was it. I had a great time in, in the major leagues. Met a lot of guys, great ball players, and and uh, and, and with Kansas City, I, I, I mean, I knew about Mayberry because I played with him. And then you got uh, uh, Willie Wilson with a fly, and you got uh, Little Partek, and. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, who was the other one? Oh, hit the ball real good. George Brett? He became a, huh? George, George Brett? Brett. And then I'm thinking about the, he became a manager. John Wathen? No, he was black. Oh, Hal McCray. Hal McCray. Hal McCray, yeah. And it was a great, great. And then you had the second baseman. Frank White? It was Frank White, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, as far as Kansas City goes, you know what are your what, you know your favorite memories of playing here? Obviously, you weren't here that long for a couple of weeks there, but you know what? No. Well, when they won the pennant, because you know I didn't feel like part of the team, so they were enjoying themselves and they were going throwing water each other. So I went back in a in a room way back in the back in the clubhouse and locked and, and closed the door. Well, they were enjoying themselves. They were enjoying themselves. You know, all of a sudden I heard a knock on the door. Hey, Tommy. We know you're in there. <laughs> you got to come out sooner or later. <laughs> so I uh, said so I went out. And they threw, they just threw a bucket of water over me. Yeah. 
I remember that. <laughs> but the guys were great. It was great. It was great. Yeah, it was a great team, too. What was it like playing against the Royals back in those days? Just hard-nosed, really played the game the right way type team? Yeah, I don't forget Amos Otis was on the team, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just played good, and they utilized their speed, you know, and uh, and good and good defense, yeah. Well, now, one thing I find cool is that your final major league at bat, you did hit a single. You got a hit your very last time, and then uh, you got pinch ran for. Amos Otis came out and ran for you, but you did get a hit your final day in the big leagues. Did you know when you ran off the field that might be it? Did you have a good idea that was it? Did not think about it. Hmm. I, was, I thought I'd play next year, but wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about it. I really didn't. I really think it was just one of those things. And uh, and I, thinking about it later on, I said, you know, they, it's, it's the way they started uh, you know, treating you. I didn't want to give me any money. You can feel it in the wind, like, you know, for the next year and everything. So I said, I'll stay home then and just go to work. But I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, I was thinking about that first hit I got, no, first strikeout when I got up in the big leagues. It was from a guy named Marshall Bridges. His name was Marshall Bridges. He was a pitcher. Are you there? Yeah, that was the, the pinch hit, your first big league at bat? No, strikeout. Oh, okay. Marshall Bridges. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just thought. But I had a good time. met a lot of guys. Kept a lot of friendships. And uh, we'll never forget that. You know, Boo Power took me, I'm trying to think, took me to a soul food place in Boston. I'll never forget that. Had some great food. Boo Power taking me to a soul food place. (laughs) Did you ever ever get some barbecue in Kansas City at all? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A couple of places. What's the first guy's name? Oh, he was uh, famous. Arthur Bryant's Gates. No, no, no. Gates something. Yeah, Gates. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Was it Gates Brown or Gates? Not Gates. With something, something Gates. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I went there, and then I went opposite. Up. That was downtown almost. Then I remember when I played there, I went on the freeway going the opposite way from downtown. There was another area. It was a big old restaurant, and a lot of people went there to eat too. Yeah. Yeah, that's some some good barbecue. Now, how about being a hitting coach for the Mariners in '81? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. Well, Ma- Maury was a manager, and, and it was good. You know, uh, there was some problems that year, but uh, it was good. I enjoyed being a, as a bench guy. Yeah, getting back to the yeah, dugout. Love Maury. Love Maury. Yeah, he's a good one. Well, last two questions for you, and thanks for all your time. Uh, I love this quote from Sandy Koufax about you. He says, "Quote." For multiple years, Tommy was the best hitter in baseball. He just didn't get the recognition. How much does that mean, you know, hearing that from a guy like Koufax? Oh, it meant a lot. Uh, he appreciated my my, uh, my baseball talent, and, and I've helped him several games. And He knew he knew I wasn't getting no attention, but that's okay. I was there, and a lot of people didn't go there. So I did what I had to do when I did it. And the last thing for you is, in summary, what would you like to say to Royals and baseball fans listening right now? I'd love to come back to see them. I'd love to come back to Kansas City. Maybe you can help me out and do some things. Maybe make some appearances or something. Yeah. Talk baseball to the kids and everything. Uh, you know, you got my number, so you can promote for me. You're my agent now. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we, we got to get you back out here. And obviously, thanks for you know playing the game the right way and, and for your time and all the great stories and you know for being a hell of a ball player. It was, it was a, you know, an honor talking to you, and hopefully we'll see you out here soon. 
Looking forward to it. Thanks for giving me a call. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.